night last night. I couldn't hardly sleep. I got bad news, folks. So I'm on a conference call last night talking about what we're going to do on the upcoming weeks in the broadcast. And Arash, I don't know what gave him the idea he was allowed to do this, but he tells me that I need to change my intros and my conclusions. They're kind of boring. They're less than dynamic. And he says, you can do better, Steve, because you're normally dynamic. I'm crushed. See, that's the problem with vulnerability. When you and I let people into our lives, it gives them the opportunity to hurt our feelings. Now, seriously, if you really think my feelings are hurt, get a grip. They're not. But I will tell you, I wasn't real pumped about being told that my intros were boring. So, Arash, how's this for dynamic? Here you are. You're in my garage, people. You're in my space. You're in this space. Oh, look at this. I've got my bright yellow shutters. Do you have an opinion about my bright yellow shutters? If you're new to us, welcome. We're glad you're with us for our daily broadcast. We are excited that you're present with us, and we hope that you enjoy tonight's broadcast. We're going to have a great time together. Sister Rachel is going to bring a great thought to us. But before we go there, don't forget to go check out NewyorkUPC.info. That's where you can sign up for a small group. It's where you can pray and give us prayer requests. It's where you can help us by giving. It's where you can find out what is happening at Newark UPC. And so don't forget about that. Don't forget about your small group. Some of you are meeting tonight. You're going to have great meetings. But let me return to my original thought before turning it over to Sister Rachel. You see, when we enter into a place of vulnerability, what happens is, is we let people into our lives. And when we let people into our lives, what's going to happen is, is they're going to start feeling free to enter into our lives. And when they feel free to enter into our lives, not only are we open to criticism or critique or helpful input, but we also are opening ourselves and it's free. You see, I just rolled out of bed. This is, oh, I forgot to tell you, Rachel's going to be mad as everything too because guess what? These are PJs to Rachel, so I'm not supposed to be on the broadcast in these things. It just looks like a white t-shirt to me. You see, when you have diversity, which God created in this world, when you have differences of opinion, which God seems to have created in this world, guess what it means? It means that we all have opinions. So vulnerability, or our trying not to be vulnerable, is an attempt to maintain safety. But if you maintain that safety, if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't let you be you, guess what happens? You're safe, but alone. And alone is not how God created you. So, in this week, we've been challenging you to be vulnerable. I thought showing you my messy garage might be an example of vulnerability. Doing the broadcast in my, quote, PJs might be an aspect of vulnerability. If none of those connect, throwing a rush under the bus for giving me critique is another aspect of vulnerability. By the way, Meg, thanks for having my back last night. The point is not my garage, my PJs, or a Rosh's critique. The point is, if you want to have relationships with people, 
if you want to be in community you're gonna have to be vulnerable but let me be quiet get out of the way and let's listen to sister rachel tonight i'll see you in a bit good evening newark it's good to be back with you tonight we are still on our theme of i was naked thank you brother arash great attention getter there I hope you're enjoying the TED Talk that was posted to our website this week. If you haven't had an opportunity to go and watch it, please do. It's a lot of fun. It's not real long. And it's, it has some really interesting points I think you'll enjoy. Also, be sure to some, sign in for your small groups. Those are really good. We all can see one another, smile at each other, wave hi, and have some really good discussions. So let's get started with prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to come before you. Thank you that we can gather together, we can pray, that we can worship, that we can study your word together, even though we are separated. We love you and we praise you and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight we're going to discuss David for a little while. Our theme is vulnerability. And David was excellent at being vulnerable with God. I want to talk to you for a little bit about that and our theme verse is Genesis chapter 3 verse 10 it says he replied speaking of Adam I heard you walking in the garden so I hid I was afraid because I was naked Adam felt shame for the first time he felt very vulnerable so he hid himself let's read a Psalm of David when he was feeling very vulnerable Psalm chapter 13 for the choir director, a Psalm of David. O Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. David's example of vulnerability is one that we can all learn from. David understood that he did not need to hide his emotions or his true self from God. He poured out his sorrows, his anger, his humiliation, his grief, his pain, and even his sin to God. He also shared his joys, his laughter, his excitement, and his victories with God. David not, did not create an emotional or a physical fig leaf cover-up trying to hide or mask certain events in his life or to try to hide how he really felt even when David felt shame he shared it with God David understood the importance of being vulnerable with God and at some point in his life he made the decision to trust God we know this because if he had not chosen to believe that God is just righteous, in control, that God has a plan and can be trusted. If David had not made the dis this decision, he never would have been able to speak to God the way that he did. 
There was nothing that he could not share. There was no subject that was off limits. There was no shame or sin that he could not take to his God and trust his mercy. David continually trusted God with himself, his real, uncovered, naked self. In choosing to believe that God is just and merciful, David exemplified another decision that he made. David worshipped. In his vulnerability, David did not only continually pour out his suffering and sin and pain and anger and shame, but he continually declared that God is just, God is merciful, God is righteous, God will judge, God will rescue, God is my healer, God is worthy of praise, and God deserves to be worshipped no matter what situation David found himself in. As we learn to be vulnerable with God and with one another, we must follow David's example. Open, honest expression of ourselves, our troubles, our situations, must be coupled with worship and testimony. True lament pours out our ugly feelings and truths and ends with worship because God can handle our ugly truths. He will deal with all of our situations justly, with mercy, even when we don't understand why something happened, we can trust that God sees the bigger picture and that he is good. David's example of vulnerability is a good example for your relationships and my relationships, our relationships with one another. We can be honest and open with our troubles, with our triumphs, with our everyday issues, and then we can give glory to God no matter what because we know that he is good, he is just, he is our healer, and most of all, he is our savior. And no matter what happens in this life, you and I have a hope of a resurrection and a new life with him. In preparing for this message, I felt God strongly encouraged me to share one of my stories. I don't share it very often, but I feel to share it with you as an example of how vulnerability is coupled with worship. Tonight, I'm gonna be vulnerable. I'm gonna share my story, and then I'm gonna take a few minutes to worship. When the time comes, please feel free to join me in worship. In July of 2005, Desi drove me and our one-year-old to Sacramento Airport. We were catching a flight to Arkansas to spend time with my family, myself and my son. I was 23, Desi was 22, and we were expecting our second child. We had passed the three-month mark. I had been very sick, but my first pregnancy was been the same. So while Desi held our baby, our luggage, our stroller, and the, the seemingly unending supplies that it takes to travel with a one-year-old, I decided to make one last stop and uh, go to the restroom before we took off. When I got back to Desi, I informed him that I was experiencing some bleeding. We called my doctor. They didn't feel uh, like 
they weren't real concerned. My ultrasounds, my tests had come back positive, very good. I had had a, a one really healthy pregnancy already, so they said it's, it's safe for you to travel. After arriving at my parents' home, I began to feel worse, the bleeding increased, and so my mother and I went to my, my family doctor. He ran tests, and then he came back to inform us that he couldn't find a heartbeat, and that he believed from, from looking at the test that our baby had developmental problems, which led to his or her loss of life. He referred me to an OBGYN that could do further testing. During this time, Desi was still in California, and through some church friends and family, God made a way for Desi to join me to go to that doctor for the appointment. Um, after tests were run, the doctor informed us that we, we were having a miscarriage, and she, she did not recommend any type of surgery. She felt that a natural process would be manageable, and probably she didn't feel it would be too terribly uncomfortable. We went back to my parents' home to wait, completely unaware of what the next few days would be like. Within 48 hours, uh, would go into, I would go into full labor that lasted the better part of one entire night. I began what felt like normal contractions during the day that lasted throughout the day and began to increase in frequency and in intensity. By the late evening, I was having minimal relief between contractions, and uh, through the night, I began to have labor like I did when our first son was born, towards the end. Except the difference was every time I had intense contractions with this labor, I was losing a lot of blood. I already was very anemic. This was concerning, and at times during the night, I wondered if I would bleed to death. This continued with much help from my family until the early hours of the morning when I was finally given something to help with the pain and to help me rest. My contact contractions continued throughout the next day, much like a, a regular delivery. And later in the day, um, it continued until I delivered a perfectly healthy placenta. Then the pain subsided and I was left with no baby and an enormous amount of anger. I wish I could tell you that I wept, that I worshiped, that I lamented, that I allowed myself to grieve the loss of my child, but I can't. I was so angry. I was angry that I had been sick for three months. I was angry that I had had to endure so much pain. I was angry that I didn't miscarry with minimal pain like the doctor said, but that I had been forced to labor for hours and hours and hours and then only be left with death. I couldn't talk about it. I, could, I couldn't let those that had been in prayer for me give me comfort or express sorrow for my loss, our loss, my husband and I. The only emotion I felt was anger. So, the next Sunday I went to church. I didn't know what else to do. And someone, excuse me, 
someone I had been praying for for many years was getting baptized. And I knew I had to keep living life. I had a husband and I had a one-year-old. And we had ministry obligations. Not until our second miscarriage did I even cry. The second miscarriage happened at the end of the first month of that pregnancy and all the emotion that that anger had covered burst to the surface. I grieved, I cried, but the anger, it still held on for quite a while. And slowly over time, it subsided. Where was God in my story? Where was this good God? I know where he was. He was sitting with me when I planned my trip to visit my parents. He knew that if I was going to go through something like that, I would rather be with them and my husband. He was there when I bought the plane tickets and planned the trip. He was in the words, he was in the actions of those that made sure my husband got a ticket to get on a plane to come be with me. He was in the house, miraculously allowing my parents' ancient hot water heater to produce for hours so I could sit under hot water to help with the pain. He was with me in the church the Sunday after my child died, allowing me to see him give new life through baptism and the infilling of the Spirit to someone I had prayed for for a really long time. He was reminding me of the hope that I have, that death has lost its sting and the grave has been conquered. Did my anger go away that Sunday when I was reminded of those things? No, it took a while. But I was reminded and reassured that my God is good. He is just and he is merciful. Till I lay my head
just like that, you and I are now closer to Rachel. See, that's the thing about vulnerability. It's scary as all get out. We don't want to do it. We're scared of being hurt, rejected, made fun of. And yet in the moment when we actually are vulnerable, relationship opens up. Thank you for being with us tonight. Don't forget about your small groups. Join us in prayer. You can give prayer requests to us at newarkubc.info. You can also partner us with us in giving. Tomorrow night is our first Friday night with friends. You don't want to miss it, 7 o'clock. We're looking forward to our time together with a friend of the church, an interview, question and answers from you. Let me challenge you in closing that when it comes to vulnerability, you're probably not going to be able to start with talking about a miscarriage. So what I'd suggest you do, start with your garage. Start with sharing a new paint job. What do you think, guys? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Does it really matter? Or does it matter that you and I are in relationship? Oh, and by the way, thanks, Arash. This was a lot more fun. So until tomorrow night, folks, God bless. Thanks for being with us. Good night.